Hello, Matt. How are you this evening? I am very well indeed this evening. Even better, perhaps, than last evening. Yes. Let's talk about that to begin with. Um, let's talk about the Euros and what a fantastic uh, run England are having. Uh, they looked pretty fantastic against Germany, even though uh, Muller missed an absolute sitter. Um, England looked the better team, didn't you think? They did. I thought it was a poor Germany team, though. Um, I didn't think it took much to beat them in the end. Um, as anyone who knows who follows me on Twitter, I spend most of the much whinging about Southgate, but happily, he knows a lot more about football than I do. So I'm happy to be stood corrected on that one. So, um, predictions, Matt. Where where do we go from here with the Euros? What, how do you see the teams that are left and, 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 and how do you see it playing out? Mind you, your prediction last week that you know that that Netherlands would go out uh, to the next team they played in the round of sixteen because their defence was, as you said, uh, appalling or abhorrent, and um, and it proved to be the case. And then um, uh, <laughs> he didn't have actually actually have the bet on, which um, uh, I, I must admit I looked at it as well and thought oh, I did I did remember Matt saying that that the Netherlands were shite in in the back and maybe um, maybe the Czech Republic team could beat them and. But I actually um, pussied out of it and went for the draw. Uh, both teams to score in the draw, so I didn't um, follow your advice either. So I can't exactly, um, you know, uh, uh, point and laugh either because I thought about it and thought, oh, I think it'll be a draw. But um, so anyway, that's an aside. What 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 do you think going forward from here as the tournament's shaping up? Um, we could do it. I'll do a couple of predictions in a moment. But firstly, I need to tell you a sad story about the round of sixteen. So. Yeah. Me and my brothers have kind of a, a, a rolling betting bank where we just basically have staked all the way through the tournament. And in the round yep. of 16, we decided that virtually every favourite was overpriced um, and pretty much bet the underdog in every game. Can I tell you the two ones that we didn't bet the underdog? Switzerland and the Czech Republic. So oh, what, no. We had Wales, um, we had Austria, um, and I think they were all really good bets. They they all gave them a decent game of it, um, maybe not Wales. Um, and then, I don't know why, I just thought, I wasn't sure about the Czech Republic because England had beat them quite easy. I think if um, the Netherlands had been playing pretty much anyone else in the round of 16, I would have lumped on and 13-2 to would have been a been a pretty penny for this week's golf anyway so i didn't and we've got no money left um but and, and why did you not why did you boys not get on switzerland did you just not see that happening? <laughs> you, i'll be honest we were at the bottom of the pile at this point <laughs> and we were yeah. thinking it's it's france it's very unlikely this is coming um but they were a cracker of a price um and we thought we'd done a good thing for a while when france um obviously came back and were were cruising but we did have a little tickle on um on england last night so we're back in the game for the quarters about that guy that put two, three all draws for a euro, and I think he picked, uh, picked up tens of thousands, didn't best, he? Best you know? part of 50,000 euros, I saw, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the way betting goes, though, isn't it? There's enough punters in the world that pretty much every extreme eventuality, someone's had a couple of quid on it. Um, but I mean, yeah. later than that's a it's a rags to riches betting story. I love a couple of quid for, for plenty. Um, yeah, don't mind it. No, I'm I'm happy for a guy that you know, as I say, a couple of three all draws. You know, uh, why not? And uh, and good on him. Uh, it's nice to see someone getting a, a nice touch off the bookies. So uh, uh, that was great. So, what do you think going forward from here, Matt? I mean, without sounding like the rest of the nation, I think we might win it. I'm not quite sure why, and I am 
the eternal pessimist when it comes to England. Um, but I'd be very, very disappointed if we didn't make the final at this point. And I've just got a funny feeling that we'll get a really terrible 1-0 win in the final um, and Gareth somehow will come through. Um, and that's as a Middlesbrough fan. Um, and Gareth managed us dreadfully and got sacked after he relegated us. Um, so I hope he has some redemption in that side. Um, I'd be surprised if it isn't Belgium in the final. They play Italy, who have been in form. But they've not been tested yet early, um, and I think Belgium should should run through them um, if all is well. Um, but I fancy us against Belgium in the final, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, you look at that age in defence, and if we have the runners off them like we did, um, Saka and Grealish came on. Um, you've got Thomas Vermeil and Vertonghen and Alderweireld, who are all wrong side of thirty, um, and I think we could give them problems. That said, they do have De Bruyne, but. I fancy it, and I never fancy England. So there you go, uh, an optimistic Brit for you. I seem to remember uh, in the friendlies uh, uh, before the Euros kind of kicked into gear in terms of the qualifiers for the Euros was kicking into gear in earnest. Um, I, I don't know if it was part of the Euro qualifiers or whether it was a friendly, but uh, I seem to remember Belgium played England in the not-too-distant past, and England beat them. Um, and I know that game counts for nothing now, but I'm just saying that uh, that was a that was a first string Belgium team and a first string England team, and they were playing each other. At a, you know, uh, 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 I think it was in England uh, at Wembley, and England beat them. So, yeah, I think you've got form. Gee, that Jack Grealish is good, isn't he? I, he made an immediate impact when he came on. Um, uh, they didn't talk much about the the ball he put out to the. Um, uh, as part of the pass as part of the move for the first for Raheem Sterling's goal, um, but he made a definite impact with that touch. And then his ball to Harry Kane on the second goal was superb. I, I just I think that Grealish is a really special player. Yeah, he's he's excellent. I think what he did when he came on in the first half again, I whinge about this on Twitter, but the only three players that would carry the ball forward and look to progress the ball without just taking an easy pass were Harry Maguire, fair play to him from the back, um, and then Saka and Sterling. But when when Grealish comes on, what you see is he, he attracts players because they're scared, yeah. they're worried about what he's going to do, and because he's attracting players, he then leaves the space in behind. Um, and yeah, like someone pressed in, and it was only a simple ball out to Shaw, but just yeah. Grealish wanting to move forward on his own. He then attracts yeah. players balling behind and it's an easy game, isn't it, when it's like that? Um Yeah, he he makes it look easy. He he's excellent. Well for me, I I I got on Belgium at the start of the tournament. I think I said from the very start, I like Belgium. I've always liked them. I, I think Kevin De Bruyne is an absolute artist of a footballer. My God, I've never seen a guy weight a pass better than that guy. He is He's just poetry to watch when he's on form. But uh, so I, I got on Belgium at the start of the tournament at, at like, I think they were at 10 to 1. And I thought, geez, that's good money for the number one FIFA ranked team in the world. And still to this day, at the moment, you can still pick them up on the Betfair. I think they're 880 at, on, on the Betfair exchange, which I just think is bonkers. Um, uh, I know Italy are going to play them in Italy are in form, but I, I'm with you, Matt. I don't think Italy have played a. Uh, a, a properly good team yet, and I and I think Belgium will give them more than a game, and then they've got another tough game potentially if they get through. Italy, they'll have to play Spain, which is also a tough game. But Belgium are up to it. They're, they're, you know, you have to beat every team, any good team in the tournament to win the thing. Anyway, I think Belgium are more than able for it. Someone was saying to me on Twitter the other day, "Oh, well, but Kevin De Bruyne is injured now," and that may be the case. But there's. And it would be they would miss him terribly. Don't know doubt about it. If he was for a game, if they'd, they'd miss him, but their team is made is more than just um, De Bruyne. You know, um, this Telemans I like. Um, uh, you know, 
Lukaku, who, when he was in Manchester United, couldn't hit a barn door, um, is an absolute form of his life. Um, so, uh, you know, Hazard's, Hazard's I, I'm, I'm not a great big fan of Hazard, but he's playing well. Um, and I just think that, that, that Mertens is a good player. I think that Belgian team is more than just Kevin De Bruyne. So I, I, I'm... I'm I'm very happy to take keep on taking Belgium. I and I and I do think you might be right. I think it could be an England Belgium final. I'd like to see it. I just like the occasion. As I say, I'd be disappointed if we don't make the final, not to get ahead of ourselves. I think Denmark will be a tricky game if we get them in the semis. But just to have a final would be a joy. As a as an England fan of of over thirty years, I've never even got close to a final. So yeah, it'd be lovely just to have the event of a final. If we win it, amazing. If not, I feel we've at least done ourselves justice this time. It like I know yeah. the semis at the World Cup, but we've beaten a, a top class nation, maybe not a top top form side, but one of those nations that you want to win those games, don't you? So yeah, let's hope we keep rolling. Yeah. Isn't it a wonderful tournament too, Matt? Like it's 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 an excellent tournament. And I and I really like the standard of officiating. The refereeing is excellent. They're not putting up with any crap from these guys. Uh you know, they're being told to get up and get on with it. Uh, I just I'm really I'm really loving the tournament itself. It's 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 a really great um a, a great way to sort of spend the summer evenings watching really end to end um you know running football, isn't it? Yeah, it's cracking. I saw a couple of stats around it, averaging almost three goals a game. It's by far the most um goal scoring Euros that there's been in recent memory. Um but yeah, it's just nice, isn't it, to get on from work and have something to to watch a bit of summer football on the telly. Um yeah. on the VAR, yeah. I'll never be a convert to VAR. I'd much rather it just disappear forever. That said, it's been used fairly well at the Euros, um, apart from the horrible slow-mo replays. Um yeah. poor uh, the poor Swedish blog yesterday that was never ascended off. But that's my opinion. Um it's here to stay, I think. My my only concern about VAR is that bit where I mean, even when, when Sterling scored yesterday and when the Ukrainian guy he scored the winner, send his team through to their first ever quarterfinal, 121 minutes, and he couldn't quite celebrate. He was looking to the linesman and the ref, yeah. terrified. Yeah. And it's like, come on, that, that's the moment of like, that's the moment of his life. He's never going to see that moment again, probably. And he's yeah, it, 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 it does suck the joy out of it a bit, doesn't it? It does. Um, all right, all right. Well, let's leave that where it is. I just wanted to talk about that because it's such a wonderful tournament and and, and they're going well and, and good good luck. You know, uh, I hope you guys do well. It, it is nice. To see. I think you've got a great team and um, and all the best. All right, so let's um, talk a bit a bit a bit about golf. Uh, on man in the stand um, with our, our sponsor, Star Sports. Um, and let's first of all wrap up on the Travelers Championship last week before we go on and and look at this week's tournament. So. Um, well done to you. Uh, you 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 shouted out um, Abraham Answer last week, uh, and he he had a hell of a weekend. Uh, had a great Saturday and a great Sunday. Finishing five under on the Sunday to finish uh, in fourth alone on eleven under. You must be pretty happy with that because it wasn't looking very good before that, was it? Yeah, it's a bit of a dirty one, isn't it? I apologise. As I said I, on the show last week, I wasn't backing him. I did crack and back him just because I couldn't quite. I was happy to pay to not be upset if he won. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, so apologies for that um, in case anyone didn't back him because of that. I mean, to shoot 66, 66, 65 at River Highlands on Saturday, on sorry, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you'd expect that to be the winner, wouldn't you? Um, unfortunately, a 72 on in round one didn't quite do it. Um, and he was a lot worse than that at one point. I think he was four over. 
Um, yeah, and, he came from miles back, didn't he? Yeah, I thought he was going to be well. If it wasn't for Leishman, I thought he was uh, he was going to be just miss out by a shot on a on a playoff at one point. But mm. yeah, he finished like a train. Played excellent. I know there's a hole in one in there and stuff, but he just played really, really well. Just like I hope he would. Like I hoped he would play. Unfortunately, yeah. the the slow start cost him. Um, yeah, I mean, apart from that, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a great deal of the tournament because, apart from answer, my picks were horrendous. Um, so I wasn't that invested. Um, I think it's a it's a curious leaderboard, though, looking down the top um, couple. Um, I, I paid a bit of attention to Bubba's absolute implosion, which was just a strange thing to watch. Very, very fun Bubba-like. It stemmed, yeah. I think it was 13. I was watching halfway through the... The, the round on Sunday on 13, I think Bubba had about 230 yards uh, to the front of a par five and he hit the strangest shot about 160 yards to like lay up when he could have easily made it into. And ever since then, I don't think he hit another good shot for about seven or eight holes. It was just remarkable how, how much his confidence went. Yeah. I, I, I watched, uh, I, I was a bit like you. I wasn't particularly invested in this because my, my, my selections kind of tanked a little bit, but um, the, um, Bubba Watson, uh, I did watch him in the final round, and oh, it was calamitous! It was it was it was car crash TV to watch because he just I don't know what happened to him between the ears or in the swing, whether it was technical or whether it was mental, but something went badly awry with um. And Bubba Watson went from looking like he was actually going to win the tournament at the beginning of the day. Uh, I think uh, I think the bookies had him. I think at about. I think as low as about sort of two eighty eight or something at the beginning of the day. He was Reebok's favourite. He was odds on about ten holes in, definitely. Because I yeah. was I was tracking him on um just like that par five. And when someone made a double bogey, I don't know if it was Hickok or someone up there who was winning by a couple and then there, there was a, a two or three shot swing and he was trading at about one point eight on, on Betfair, which yeah, I think him bub around River Highlands, a track he absolutely loves. It was just, I couldn't understand it, to be honest. And he finished no, about 30 odd in the end. Yeah, he finished three uh, and uh, and seven under for the tournament, a tie for 19th from, from going for, as I say, um, in the first few holes, um, basically in, in the lead and, and looking like he was going to potentially could have been run away with it. Um, went, as I say, to tied to 19th, seven under uh, for the um, tournament, three under over for the tournament and he, for the day, and he, um, you would have been sick uh, if you were on him uh, because um, that was a that was a that was a car crash. It was a disaster. So let's just um, uh, uh, just top it off. Um, so Harris English won in an, a marathon eight-hole playoff with um, Kramer Hickok, uh, and uh, Harris English saw it out on the on the eighth hole of playoff. Um, he won thirteen under for the tournament uh, in, in regulation, um, tied with um, with Kramer Hickok on thirteen under. Um, Harris English five under for the day, and Hickok three under for the day. Leishman, as you say, came with a wet sail on the final day as well. Uh, six under for the um, day, twelve under for the tournament alone in third. Abraham Anser, as we've said, very solid final round, five under for the day, um, and eleven under for the tournament alone in fourth. Um, and then followed by a tie for fifth. A whole bunch of guys on a tie for fifth: Garnett, Harmon, Kisner, Ketka, um, uh had a, had a good final day of five under for the day. Kisner had an excellent final day of seven under for the final day to finish in a tie for fifth with those guys, with Leboda as well, Hank Leboda as well. Uh, and then to round out the top ten um, was uh, Jason Day, uh, Bo Hostler, and Seb Strecker all tied on nine under um, uh, for the tournament and, as I say, tied in a tie for tenth. 
just outside the top top ten was Sam Burns, Patrick Cantlay, um, uh, Mark Hubbard, and this um, Italian as well, this Migliozzi as well, um, or Migliozzi, or how Migliozzi, just say <laughs> that. Um, he he finished um, eight under for the tournament and three under for the. So he's made a good um, start on the PGA Tour, and, and he's someone to watch out for. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, as I say, he finished um, uh, uh, seven under for the tournament, even par for the day. And a tie for 19th with Henley, Herbert, Power, uh, Streb, and Bubba Watson. So, um, yeah, a, 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 a bit of a, a, a bit of a, 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 a sort of high drama at the end with with Harris uh, English seeing off Kramer Hickok. Harris English was a guy that I never kind of got on um, and what and, and sort of backed because. When he started out on the PGA Tour, he was a kind of guy that was always there and would always kind of tail off towards the end of a tournament. That seems to have changed now for Harris English. He seems to become a, a much more kind of um, solid sort of dowsy player who can sort of hang in over four rounds and get it done on the on the on the end. Um, and a great effort by the young player Hickok, who's a contemporary of Jordan Spieth, played a lot with Spieth when he was younger, and uh, seems to be making his way in the PGA Tour. So um, yeah, well done to him. Uh, this week we head off to uh, Detroit and the third edition of the uh, Rocket Mortgages Classic. This is a fairly benign course. Uh, it's a par 72, 7,340 yards. Um, as I say, th th there's uh, three uh, three editions of this. Well, this will be its third edition now. Uh, uh, last year, won by... Um, uh, uh, no, was it Bryson DeChambeau and the year before, Nate Lashley? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Bryson won it last year. Yeah. So, uh, and and both times, the both winners of this in the last two years have been well into 20s under par, like high into mid-20s under par. So this is a fairly gettable course. Um, as I say, par 72, 7,300-odd yards. So it's um, it's got its fair share of par fives. And uh, and I think, once again, we'll be in for a bit of a birdie fest this week. Uh, and it's not what you would call a... A, a hell of a strong field. Um, there are some some good players at the at the top of the board, like your Deschambeau, obviously back to uh, um, back to defend, and um, uh, a couple of others there as well. Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuyama, Webb Simpson, Will Zalatoris, Jochen Neiman, Jason Kokrak, Matthew Wolf, Jason Day, Kevin Kisner. So you could that's you know the sort of the top of the market. So at the very sort of point of that market, you you're looking at um, Deschambeau trading around sort of you know eights eights to ones. Uh, Patrick Reed around sort of like 14, 15 to one, uh, and then Hideki Matsuyama, Webb Simpson under you know both under twenty to one. Then Will Zalatoris around twenties uh, with Neiman as well. So it's a it's a it's a fairly, uh, as I say, comparatively uh, weak field, uh, and it should you know, present some nice opportunities. Um, what, what's your kind of impressions of this tournament, Matt, and, uh, and and what have you been looking out for so far? Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's a it's a low score, isn't it? I mean, it, I've had a quick look down the leaderboards. It's only been on the tour, obviously, a couple of years, so there's not yeah. a great deal to go at, particularly given that 
it seemed to play quite dramatically differently year on year. Obviously, Bryson ripped it up last year just by his, his new, new, newly physique bomb and gouge approach. And when there's a player of his level getting it out there that far in hole inputs, he's very, very difficult to stop. And he won by three in the end, didn't he, from, from Matt Wolf? But Neil yeah. actually, um, the year before, obviously, he was 1,000 shot on the exchange when he won in 2019. Um, and he just gained 10 strokes put in. And if you gain 10 strokes put in and hit the ball relatively well, you're probably going to win. Um, so for me, it's a bit of a putting contest. Um, I waited. Um, less so driving accuracy because I think Bryson only hit about half of the fairways um, and I don't think fairways are a premium at all here um, and neither are greens in reg which is unlikely um, for what I usually look at as normally greens in reg are quite important um, but I think it's about birdie average it's about ability to score because um, if you're making bogeys it's unlikely you're going to win here anyway so put in factored in quite well a little bit of driving distance but I think it's enough to take with a pinch of salt because although last year you had Matt Wolf and Bryson up there who are obviously absolutely prodigious off the tee, um, just behind them, you've got players like Kevin Kisner, Ryan Armour, Adam Hadwin, and you couldn't get um, a better triumvirate, I don't think, as a description of these aren't just long hitters courses because those three are some of the shortest on tour, but they're obviously being able to compete. Um, but what all three of those players can do is hold putts. So I think scoring is going to be really important you've got to hold those putts um i always find a little bit of approach play just because you've got to give yourself the chances to hold those putts but trying to keep it nice and simple really strokes gain put in a little bit of driving distance um ball striking and then birdie average and ability to go low um particularly really recently i've had a look at the last couple of starts for a lot of players and tried to find enough examples of them shooting 66 65 64 because those are the sorts of scores that you're going to have to put in for at least a couple of rounds if you want to win round here because lashley was 25 under bryson 23 under um and even for a place you're looking at the very high teens so yeah, it allows you to go a bit scattergun, I think, because easy courses bring a lot more players into it. Um, so I've tried to go for players who've scored really well before, have examples sometimes of winning at those sorts of courses. Um, and yet yeah, I tried really hard this week. I did think to to begin my hiatus a week early and just think, right, let's have eight points Bryson and leave it at that because I think he could win very easily here. I've not done that because it's not very fun, is it? Um, but I was sorely tempted. That's okay. That's interesting that you sorely tempted to do that. I, I I don't see Bryson as a as an obvious choice this week because I and and you could just as easily go out and, and absolutely smash it. But I don't see him as in terribly good form at the moment. Uh, he um he just feels to me like he's uh, he's um he's missing something uh, a little bit in his game and uh so i uh, yeah I, I i don't see him as an obvious an obvious winner this week um okay so i'll go out with my selections first um i've got four selections this week uh i'm gonna go first of all uh with max homer he's currently 45 to 1 with star sports uh i've selected max homer this week because in this comparatively weak field i think he represents outstanding yeah sort of Stand out each way value at forty five to one. Uh, he, he's an, he's a world golf ranking now of forty two, uh, and 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 that's because of a very very solid season. He's climbed into that top fifty, and uh, and he's a marquee player these days. Uh, and, and that's because I think he's had such an outstanding twenty twenty 
2021 season. Um, uh, you know, you obviously won at the Genesis. And, and, and what, what impresses me about Homer now is he really ever kind of gives a bad performance when uh, when he turns up. His, um, uh, you know, his, his, his driving stats are strong as well. He sends it a long way. Um, he's, he's a good putter. And and I think that if he gets his ball into position, uh, and, and I think he could be someone and could move into birdieable sort of situations and 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 make hay with his putter. So I, I'm going first of all with um, with uh, Max Homer at 45 to one. I just think that represents good each way value for a player of uh, of, of his caliber and world ranking. Um, Kevin Kisner is my next bet. At, currently at 33 to one with Star Sports. He finished like a freight train last week at seven under uh, final round to finish in a tie for fifth. He played this course very well uh, last year. He finished alone in third place. Um, and uh, and I think because Kisner is a very much a, a horses for courses kind of player, uh, I, I think that that sort of the combination of his strong finish last week and his good performance here the last year makes me think that he's in the sort of space mentally and physically to to go well again here at the at the rocket. So I'm going to have a go at him at 33 to one. He's a bit shorter than I want him to be, but uh, but I'll, I'm going to go with him anyway because I just I just think for all those reasons I think he'll he'll give a good show. My fourth pick is Kramer Hickok. Uh, he's a hundred to one with Star Sports. Now this is purely a recent four and value-based selection. The reason I, I'm, I'm going to go with him, I just think 100 second last week in a playoff and went you know eight holes into a playoff. I think he played superbly at the Travellers. He was unlucky not to win. Uh, yeah, He did maybe give a couple of sloppy shots away j- during the final round and, and uh, perhaps shouldn't have got into a, a playoff situation. But I still think overall Hickok played really well. And I think I've picked him at 100 to 1 because I think sometimes players are just in that purple patch of form and and often, not always, but often a player can take that form from one course one week to another course the next week and be in that run, in that zone, so to speak. And and because this is not a hard course, it's not a step up on last week, it's not like going to like like going from the Travellers to Augusta or anything like that. It's a, once again a fairly birdieable course where it's going to be a, a bit of a race to the bottom in terms of the score, and there'll be birdies going in left, right, and centre, which was the same as last week. It's not long, it's gettable, and I'm just thinking, I'm hoping that Hickok is in the same space where he thinks, okay, uh, I'm, I'm swinging well, and and he just takes that game um, to uh, to Detroit. If he does, and he gets away to a good start, and he gets back into the into the swing and back into the rhythm of what he did so well last week, then I think 100 to 1 could represent really good each way value. And my last one is a guy I've kind of gone with for, for way too much longer than I should have, but I'm going to go with him again because at 100 to 1, I just think um, I, I think he's good value. Um, so Cameron Davis at 100 to 1, he's been really frustrating for me this follow the, to follow this year because he often gets himself in positions where he gets right up the leaderboard and and, and, and looks like he's... He's going to come in at a big price, and then he'll fall away um, uh, either a few sloppy holes or a sloppy one sloppy round of the four, and then he'll come charging back again with some sort of you know a decent finish. But he it, it, he's driving me nuts because he's got the quality. He gets up the leaderboard all the time. He's he's he's, he's, he's he features prominently up the leaderboard, only for him to kind of undo himself with. Um, slop, you know, with sloppy decisions or or, or, or or sort of bad course management or whatever he's doing, which should 
make me rule him out. I should leave him alone then and think, well, he's not ready yet mentally. He's too young and he's not quite ready and he's not quite there. But I, I just think uh, in this field, the way he hits it, he hits it a very long way. And if it does follow that thing again of, of, of getting it down there and then getting it on, you know, into birdieable situations, then he could represent very good value at 100 to 1 just for the fact that he drives it so far. And I'm convinced of this guy's quality. I, I still think Cameron Davis has quality. So those are my four picks for the week. Uh, and I'll put it over to you, Matt. Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, the first one of who again, it's going to be one, and I promise I'm not going to back this person. I won't do the same as last week. The price is just too short for me now because he's been very popular with the tipsters, um, is Neiman. I think Neiman comes out delightfully for this course, but I'm not taking the 22s that's on offer at the minute. I'd want closer to 30. So I've left him alone, um, and I've taken one that's got a bit more juice in that price and is a very recent winner. It's my friend Jason Cochrack, who has been yeah. very kind to me lately. And for me, I'm playing him as a bit of a, a Bryson light, if you will. Uh, mm. Monstrous off the tee, excellent with the putter. And I think he's he's pretty, well, he's very, very, very similar to Bryson in his stats, but he is, what, four times the price? So he's my, uh, yeah, my slight um, bow to Bryson. He's just been great. You know how good he's been, despite yeah. leaving the yeah, bottom I, in the bunker I, several I think, times. I think that's a good tip, Matt. Yeah, I really yeah. do. Despite him sort of leaving his ball in the bunker multiple times uh, when he won, he still won because he was just so excellent from from Tita Green with his ball striking. And then he was hauling putts too. Um, and if you look at his his really recent form, um, his driving distance is in the top seven on tour. Um, he's number two putter on tour and he's 12th in birdie average and about 10 of that top 12 aren't playing this event. So he is averaging the most birdies of players playing this event um, from week to week this year, on top of his actually improved ball striking figures in approach play. I just think he ticks every box for me. Um, he's only played the event once. He came 29th last year. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, and one of the reasons that I played Crack, I was trying to avoid the top of the board once I decided against Neiman um, and Bryson for that matter. Um, but it's been very, very rainy um, roundabout Detroit. So I think it perhaps might play into the hands of the longer hitters more than even it did last year when Bryson and Wolf were up there. Um, it'll, it'll be playing soft, which will add a fair bit of length to the course. And I know there's at least one tee that's been lengthened since last year as well. Um, so first cab off my rank is, is Jason Cochrack. Number two um, is someone I battled with and I found it incredibly annoying that I didn't back him at Palmetto. I'm going to back Garrick Higo um, at 45 to 1. Um, obviously, he's only started a couple of times on, on the tour. He got his first win um, coming off um, playing in the PGA Championship. I just think his ceiling could be anything at this point. I'm not quite sure where that is. Um, but more than that, his game should fit really nicely to, to this event. You think about his, his two recent wins on the Euro Tour um, in Gran Canaria, I think it was, or or Tenerife, um, but I think his scores were 2,500 and 27 under. So he's able to score heavily um, when the opportunities present themselves. And yes, this is a little bit of a step up in company. Um, it's a fairly similar strength field to Palmet, although he managed to do all right there, um, despite the big names kind of not threatening that much. Um, he's excellent off the tee. He's a brilliant putter. Um, and when I was trying to use some comparison tools to compare his, his ball striking and his his general stats um, from Euro Tour to PGA Tour, he doesn't come out too badly at all, especially um, when you look at the the recent sort of 30 days to three months. Um, he is a bit shorter than I'd like, but I think as a recent winner, he's always going to be. Um, so I'm happy to back Gary Higo. I think he matches really well um, and could be anything at this point. Then we go a little bit longer. Um, Bo Hosler um, is my third pick now. 
I used to be a war hostler man, despite him being terrible at golf. Um, but what he is, is a brilliant putter um, when he wants to be. This year, he's not been a brilliant putter. He's about oh, 90th, I think, um, in the season-long putting stats. But he's putted really quite nicely last couple of outings, and his baseline is genuinely much, much, much higher than that. Um, added to some decent approach play figures and some really attractive performances last two times, last two appearances. I think he came 19th at Palmetto and then 10th at Travellers this weekend. And in both of those performances, he played really well, putted really well, um, and he bookended his Travellers with a 64 and a 65, which is just the sort of scope I want for a really low-scoring player. Um, if he puts a couple of those in, he's not going to be far away at all. Um, so Bo Hostler um, is my third one. Um, he's Miss Coot who cuts here, but at 125 to one, I think that's plenty factored into the price. And then I've got a couple of, I'm going to play a half point stakes on these, so slightly less to try and keep my outlay to a minimum. Um, first is Hank Lebioda, who I've wanted to back for a couple of weeks now because his stats have been nicely trending. Um, and he's another one who is just playing really well. He's hitting it well. He's putting well. He's not very long. So he may struggle if it plays super long. Um, and he has missed two cuts here in the past. But his season-long putting figures aren't that amazing. He's about 80th. But in the last three months, he's in the top 25. And he's gained significant strokes in his last three events, finishing 17th, 30th and 5th, and gaining 0.7, 0.9 and 1.45 puts per round, which he hasn't done. And I think if you're going to do well here, you either need to put incredibly well or you need to be able to be in the top 5, 10 at driving and putting. And I'm hoping that Lebiorda can, can keep his putting up. Um, and the last one is just what I thought was overpriced. Um, it's Brant Snedeker. I can't understand why he's 90 to 1. At almost a three-figure price, if you need to put well, I want Brant Snedeker on my team. And he's not in brilliant form. Um, no one could convince you of that. But he's always been a good putter. Um, he's actually been hitting his irons really well, despite being very, very edgy off the tee. Um, and there's a nice little crossover with a Donald Ross design here um, at Wyndham, obviously, where, where Snedek has had heaps of success in the past. Um, he missed the cut last year, but was actually fifth uh, when Nate Lashley won in 2019. And I just felt it was a bit of a misnomer, his price at 90 to 1 um, in the company, considering I think he's got um, one of your picks, Kevin Kisner. He's got a very similar game to Kisner, I feel, in being a, a really, really good putter when he's on, yet not being that long off the tee. Um, and he just needs to give himself chances to hold. So I thought 90s was a bit of value. Brant Snedeker, um, my final bet this week. But him and Hank Leviorda, half point stakes. Yeah, I think you're right with Snedeker. I think if, if he gets away to a good start and uh, starts to get rolling with that putter, there's not many better in the game than him. Uh, and, and, and 90 to 1 could could turn out to be an outstanding bit of value um so yeah okay well let's uh let's see how they go tomorrow i think uh say uh, detroit so it'll be east coast and it'll be starting about sort of featured groups will start early afternoon um and i, I love watching the featured groups on on sky golf before the um before the uk sort of crew get on i can't stand listening to half of them but the american uh, featured group um, commentary team is excellent they give you some fantastic insights and uh and uh, and and there's no ads as well on the featured group coverage and so it's brilliant so um yeah i, I really look forward to uh, seeing how how our ads um how our, our selections play out and uh and then uh, look forward to uh watching uh, the the euros kick on i think on friday night belgium play Italy on Friday night, that'll be a wonderful game. And then I think uh, England play 
Ukraine on Saturday, isn't it? We certainly do, yeah. I'm not quite sure what to do with myself once I get off this call and tomorrow night. It feels odd not having football to watch, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it does. It does the weekend. It? Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, at least we'll have golf to watch. Luck uh, for you, and, and thanks to all our listeners for listening. Uh, thanks, Matt, for uh, contributing again. That's uh, to follow him on Twitter. It's F O R E underscore Bet, and uh, you can uh, look through his um, tweets throughout the throughout the, the tournaments. He gives some good in- information and some insights throughout the tournament as well. So um, we'll uh, we'll catch up. And as as you say about uh, maybe we'll take a bit of a sabbatical next week, and then um, and then catch up again um, closer to, uh, to to the uh, to the Open, which is. Uh, which is coming up and, and quite exciting. If anything you anything you like for the Open as a sort of a, a, a sort of this far out at the moment? I'll be honest. I'm purposefully trying to not do that because in the last two years, I've been terrible. Every single bet I've placed anti post has been nothing and nowhere. Um, so I'm doing my best to um, throw my money away on the Euros instead. Um, and I'll <laughs> the uh, enhanced prices. I want ten places so I can throw my money away at least with a bit more chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I haven't, um, not that I had any anti-post bets on the Open, I haven't, but I, I haven't uh, I haven't even really looked at it or considered the Open yet, so um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll turn our attention to that in good time. But it's the Rocket Mortgages Classic, um, Mortgages Classic and we'll, uh, we'll enjoy that and watch that, and good luck for all your bets. Thanks very much. Good luck, mate. See you later. Thanks, mate. Bye.